Yeah, I had just re-enlisted to go to Vietnam three weeks before. Uh, my replacement had been sent in to replace me. I was getting ready to go. Out of nowhere, uh, the NATO High Command picked our missile site to perform a tactical evaluation. Uh, not just a little one, a big one. And they kept us awake for three days, day and night, throwing field problems at us. Uh, we were all tired, muddy, you know, frustrated. Uh, at the end of it, uh, they gave a move-out order. And in the move-out order, we had to pick everything up on the missile site, the missiles, the equipment, everything, and move out the gate and be mobile in one hour. Uh, my generator, one of my generators, didn't have a truck in front of it. So I told my replacement, uh, Specialist Canfield, uh, please go get our truck, bring it back over. Well, when he backed up to the truck, he slammed into the generator. Uh, and put it into the back wall. And my friend, Specialist uh, Canfield, was back there. And I thought he was crushed. So when the truck went forward, he put his clutch in to roll the truck forward. And uh, it went a little bit from the wall, gave me enough room to get between the wall and the truck, a uh, double three-sided wall. Uh, just as I get into the middle of it, his motor revs up and the clutch got dumped. His foot slipped off the clutch. And uh, the truck jumped back and started to pin me to the wall. Uh, hit my helmet, started to crush my helmet. I uh, pushed to the side of the truck. My body went over enough to get the helmet out of the way, get my head out of the way, but my combat harness got hung up on the back of the truck, so I couldn't get my arm out. So the truck hit me once into the wall. I knew my arm was broken. The wheels spun. It hit me a second time, uh, I could definitely feel the bones breaking this time. Uh, I knew I was hurt. The third time that it slammed me into the wall, the wall started to give in, and it put me through the wall. Uh, at this point, I'm thinking, enough of this. You know, this is bizarre, and we've got to get out of this. So he put it in first and pulled me out of the falling wall and pulled me about 20 yards down the road before I tore myself off the back of the truck truck kept going for another 15 feet and stopped. So I'm thinking about it, and I looked at the back of the truck, and there was nothing wrong with the truck. I turned around and looked at the wall, and the wall was demolished. And I'm going, wow, I wonder what happened to me. So I turned to look at my arm, and what I see is my shirt flat. And I'm going, well, where'd my arm go? And I look down, and my uh, hand is resting on top of my boot. And I'm thinking, well, you know, that's not right. That's, uh, that's not right. So I reached down and picked my arm up. And um, looking around, and that's when uh, this uh, black and white checkered cloud started to come over to me, buzzing. I couldn't figure out what it was, but I knew that if it completed the horizon, it'd kill me. Uh, so I'm trying to figure out what it is. And that's when my training, military training, kicked in, and I realized I'm going into shock. This is what shock is. And now... One of the side things that happened was that at this point I turned around inside myself and it was like looking at a Grey's Anatomy book. I was not conscious of anything outside, just inside me. I was seeing my lungs, my heart, my insides. My heart was beating extremely fast. My lungs were going extremely fast. So I looked at the heart, so let's slow the heart down. So I slowed it from going and then I looked at the lungs and the lungs were going I slowed the breathing down, you know. Once everything was fine, I looked at the blood vessels going to the arm, and I thought, that's a lot of blood going out of there. Let's constrict the vessels. So I constricted them as much as possible. 
And then once I looked at the heart, the lungs, the system, everything was okay. In that point, I turned back around and went back out to the world. The cloud was just disappearing. The minute the cloud disappeared and went away, everything got extremely crystal clear and sharp. Uh, I stumbled down into the blast pit, the three foot down, and uh, the people from the various points of the missile site are starting to realize that something has happened. And they're starting to congregate on me. Uh, the people got to me. I've got my teammates around me. They called for the medic. The medic had been trained in Vietnam. He was a Vietnam vet. Uh, he drove the jeep completely off the berm into the blast pit, midair. Uh, as I was looking up, I'm watching the jeep go over me. And it bounced. And as it's bouncing, he comes out with the bag. He had set the brake. The jeep went on by itself and stopped, and he was already on me working and uh, he stopped some of the bleeding but he realized how bad it was and said we need to get this man to a medevac we need to get him out of here so they got me on the stretcher got me putting me into the back of the jeep ambulance my one of my church friends uh, was a fellow mormon uh, uh, specialist davis said i'm going to the hospital with him uh, he got in and sat across from me as I'm laying on the stretcher, the medic gets in, he's getting ready to go. My left arm falls off onto the floor. <laughs> uh, specialist Davis uh, looks down and looks at the medic and goes, his arm fell off, what do I do? And the medic turned around and said, well, pick it up and give him back his arm. You know, So he reached down white-faced and picked my arm up and handed it to my chest. I cradled and said, thank you. you know. Medic turned around to get a look at me. Uh, the blood had been captured in my uniform because I was in winter and I had a jacket and, and uh, field clothes and a combat belt on. So the blood stayed up here. When I laid down, it all went into the hood. Uh, when the medic grabbed the hood to take a look at me, he jerked the hood down and all the blood in the hood fell on the floor and splattered all over Specialist Davis, all over the medic, all over the Jeep. And that's when it hits me. Uh, I had felt this sensation of me fading away. And I couldn't figure out what that was. When the blood hit, I went, I'm bleeding to death from blood loss. I'm dying. I'm bleeding out. Well, at that point, everything went into high gear. Um, the medic had done everything he could. I had done everything I could, and I was still dying. Uh, being 19, it scared me to death. And it was very unfair, so I'm trying to figure out what to do, how to stop this, how to keep living. So at the time, I'm thinking, well, everybody's done everything they can. What do I do? Now, there's nothing anybody can do. This is a God job. This is what God's all about. And in that moment, I got to thinking, well, I'll just ask God. But then I got to thinking, who am I to ask God? Do I believe? Because if you're asking God for your life, you really have to believe. Uh, and it, there's no second choice. So I'm thinking, well, I don't totally believe in the... I did a self-inspection. I'm thinking, you know, this is truth time. Do you believe in the Bible? No, not completely. It was written by man. Uh, I've written, read other spiritual texts. Uh, my time with the Indians in the Southwest, their ceremonies. Uh, I thought about that. Uh, eventually I decided that, yes, there is a God. There's something going on in the world, just not happenstance. 
So then I had to think, well, who am I to ask for God for my life? You know, that's, I'm not perfect. I'm, you know, who am I? So I thought, well, I don't have any choice over that. That's God's job again, to judge me. Then I was faced with where God is. Because when you're making a call like this, you don't want to miss you know. So I'm thinking, well, the universe is really big. I don't know. So in my mind, being military, I constructed military radio. And I, you can either pick it narrow band to go from point A to point B, or broadband to go A to Z. So not knowing where God was, I turned the channel to broadband. And then in my mind, I composed a message burst. You know, God, I'm bleeding to death here. I'm 19. I'm really scared. The medic can't do anything. Nobody can get to me. I'm dying. I'm just absolutely, please help, please, wherever you are, spare me a minute. I need help. I composed the message and told him, you know what, I'm going to open up and surrender. I'm going to open myself up and you judge me and either let me die or do something here because I'm scared. And I reached down and in my mind I hit the transmit button. And the minute I sent that message out, I was jerked out of my body and it was so fast it was blink of an eye over and I'm floating in a cloud-like area with clouds around me and I'm trying to figure out what happened and I look down and I've got a silverish gray body that's semi-transparent and I'm going wow look at this I've got a glass body uh, and I'm trying to figure out where I'm at and then this feeling came comes to me and it's uh, a feeling now I know it was unconditional love uh, at the time, I'd never experienced it before, so I, I didn't know. I just knew that it was the best thing I'd ever felt. Um, so I'm trying to figure out what this is when this voice comes to me. And it, it's a voice of, uh, before I've always thought it was God. Uh, within the last couple of years, I've seen some other things, and I thought maybe it could have been my grandfather or my father. Uh, it was a male voice, very caring, very personal. Um, Talk to me by name. Talk to me like he knew me very well. You know, knew me personally. Uh, not very many words. He said, Glenn, you don't die. I thought back, well, I, what do you mean I don't die? And he said, well, you don't die, Glenn. You continue. And I'm going, okay, I really don't understand this. Now, this is a mental telepathy going on. This middle, you know. And, uh, he said, I know you don't understand, Glenn. He said, uh, this will help you understand. And way off in the distance, a light went on. And the light came around and made an ecliptical orbit. And as it made the turn, I'm thinking, this thing's getting bigger. And it, as it turned, it started, it started off, and it just got huge. And I thought I was going to fly into it. And it, it got all around, and it stopped. And there's streamers of white light, just beautiful white transparent light, just streaming out from this thing. And I'm going, wow, look at that. You know, this is, look at this. This is, wow. And then the center of it opened up like a giant movie screen. And all I can tell you is that if you've ever seen a high-speed video where there's a million images flashing, that's what it was. And everybody wants to know, what did you see? What did you see? Uh, a tree growing from a nut 300 feet tall and dying and regrowing. I saw mountains turn to dust dust turned to oceans, oceans turned to mountains. Uh, I saw changes, and I started seeing, literally I, after years, uh, I think that God let me look at creation through his eyes. 
to show me why I didn't have to fear death, showed me the interaction of the universe. Because there were so many things. I, I was shown people living their whole life and dying and being reborn again. Being reborn over and over and over into cycles. I was, and at one point I was shown other planets. I was shown other things. It's hard to remember all those, but there, were, there was definitely things going. The movie uh, Contact. With Jodie Foster is the closest I've, closest I've ever seen. Um, so all this stuff is happening. I'm seeing these things. And then uh, it closed. This happened very quick. It closed. And then the, the sun went away. And as it went away, it got smaller and went off and disappeared. And at the same time that it goes off and disappears, I feel myself moving backwards at a low rate of speed, but faster. And the very last words were spoken to me with, now you know, Glenn, and boom, I was gone. I was slowly, and then now you know, and it was like light speed, and I was back in my body. And the medic had just jerked it down and was just turning around to put it in gear. And I'm sitting there, and I went from being petrified from being scared to death to being extremely calm. There was no fear anymore. There was nothing. I was just, I, at one point I remember thinking, well, I may still die. It's not a given. But I don't have to fear it. There's no more fear. It's not an ending. It's just a beginning. It's a change.